The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So good to see you, and I know uh, I may be, seem like uh, someone who doesn't see you, but I, I want you to know that I see you. And I know that I see you because I see a child of God. I see an expression of the infinite. I see someone worthy of love and with that great creative gift to give love. So wherever you are, I want you to know that I love you, we love you, and through love, we continue to uplift and improve not only our own lives, but the lives of those around us. So I'd like to invite you this morning to think about the biggest choices that you've made in your life. I think about my choice to move to Colorado from California. I think about the choice to get married to my incredible wife, the choice to be a dad. I think of the choice that I made in my teenage years to um, pursue practitioner training in my early 20s to become a minister. And it may be that for many of you today, there may be a big choice that's in front of you that, that may be challenging for you. And what I'd like to invite you to consider today is that your spirit has already made the choice. You've simply yet to acknowledge it. There's a scene in the HBO show called Boardwalk Empire, and it's about uh, the rise of the mob uh, in the early 1920s uh, during Prohibition times. And Nookie Thompson is talking to an Arnold Ralstein on the phone, and he has this big decision to make. And it'd be a more spiritual uh, story if the decision wasn't whether or not to whack somebody, but that's, that's the story. And Ralstein says uh, to Nucky, flip a coin in the air, and when it's in the air, you'll know what side you want it to land on. It's an interesting thing to consider this notion that our spirit has already made the choice, but we just need to acknowledge it. Uh, a few reasons to share with you why that is. The first is that for many of us, our opportunities may seem like they come out of the blue, but for me, they're really the result of sometimes a countless number of choices. When I think about Dr. Roger calling me and inviting me to come to Colorado, that was certainly a surprise. But when I look back with a more of a panoramic view, I can see all of the countless numbers of choices that I made to hopefully be a good minister. And that this idea that that demonstration of Dr. Roger calling me was simply the organic byproduct of all of those choices that I've made and all the hard work that I've done. It was a difficult choice for me, but I see now that it was the natural yes based upon the momentum of my choices. And if I would have said no, I would have not honored the momentum of those choices. Another thing to consider is that we human beings were, were creatures of yes. You and I were creatures of affirmation. Everything that you and I do has a certain level of yes to it. Every choice we make, every thought we think, every move we make, yes, just like the police song, every breath we take, has a certain amount of, of level of, of yes and affirmation. 
And there are two types of people, we might say. There are those of us who know what we're saying yes to and those of us who don't. It's a powerful and sometimes humbling exercise for me sometimes to at the end of the week say, of all the choices that I made this week, what did they add up to? What did I really choose? Did I choose to be my best self and not get in the way of nurturing false ideas of my lousy self? Did I choose love over fear? Did I choose trust over distrust? Did I choose kindness over being mean? And to be honest with you, sometimes the answers aren't what I'd like them to add up to be. But to know this power of choice is with us is an incredible thing. It's a great exercise at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, at the end of the life. Who was I as a result of my choices? And did I choose to be and become who I wanted to be? See, for me, this is one of the most powerful truths of our teaching, the power of choice. To know that with one choice, you can destroy your entire life. With one choice, one swerve off the road, one negative intention, we can hurt our spirits. We can harm those around us. We can contribute to a world that does not work for everyone. And for some of us, we may look at our lives and see years or decades of bad choices. And and we may stop and say, "I've, I've dug a ditch so deep that I don't know if I can ever crawl out of it. That's the negative power of choice. That's the fragility of choice and the vulnerability of of what it means to be human. But there's another side to it. And that's just with one choice, you can change your life. With one choice, you can take years of bad choices and transform them into the best choice that you ever made. With one choice, you can move from years of practicing fear to practicing love. Years of practicing resentment to practicing forgiveness. Years and perhaps even decades of practicing not love towards yourself to embracing who you are as the precious being that God made you to be with just one choice. Now, as anyone in recovery may tell you, it's one choice and perhaps one that you have to make over and over and over again. But that's how creative you are. That's how creative I am. That through this power of choice, we can consciously co-create our lives with spirit. But do you know what deep down in your heart you're saying yes to? And I am saying today that that deep down yes, that total yes in your heart should be your guide in any decision that's before you. One last reason why it may be true that our choices are made in spirit before we acknowledge them is the danger of not choosing. See, sometimes we think of choices as as yes and no, thinking that yes is positive and no is, is negative, but that's not true. 
Yes is positive, and a no can be incredibly positive and powerful. But there's a great danger in not choosing. We forget that not choosing is a choice in itself. It's a choice of inaction, where I say, as opposed to making my life with choice, I'm going to leave it to chance. And when we do that, good luck. But I know when we do that, we're not choosing from our deep empowerment. We have to remember that when we know what our total yes is, what our heart's yes is, in the end, it doesn't matter what we choose. It's all about what we choose from, the spirit that we bring to our life. I love something that uh, the great General George Marshall is said to have said at the height of World War II. I've had to train myself never to worry about a decision once it's made. You worry before you make it, but not after You make the best judgment you can about a problem, then forget it. If you don't, your mind is not fit to make the next decision. So thinking about all of the choices available to us in our lives, I want to bring us to a place of making those choices with clarity and consciousness of the heart, power, and truth of who we are. Of all the questions that I love thinking about from time to time, one of my favorite is that simple question of, if you had a million dollars, if you had a free million dollars right now, what would you spend it on? Would you take a trip when the COVID stuff dies down? Would you buy a house? Would you give a little money to the church? Thank you. How would you spend that million dollars? And what I love about that question is as I uh, fantasize and imagine all the ways of spending that money, I start to actually feel as if I have that million dollars. I I feel like a million bucks. I have that million dollar uh, feeling. I can feel the, the hairs on my wrists stand up right now. But there's another question that's just as profound and exciting for me. The question is, if I had a million choices. If you had a million choices right now, free choices, what would you invest them in? What would you spend them in? I'm actually going to invite you to to write it down or say it out loud or put it in the chat on our Facebook or on our YouTube. If you could choose one thing to invest that million choices in, what would you invest them in? And for me, unlike the fantasy, perhaps, of having a million dollars, it's easy for me to think that I have a million choices. In fact, I know I have a million choices. And I can't not imagine investing a million choices into one thing and not making significant progress in the achievement of that goal. So what would you invest your million choices in? Maybe in writing a book? starting a business, maybe in being a a better partner, a better parent. Maybe you'd invest them in greater self-care and your own spiritual growth. Maybe you'd invest them in uh, creating social change and evolution in your community or even in your country. You're that powerful that you can invest a million choices. See, people don't just decide to be great at something. It takes often a million and more choices to do that. Keith Richards wasn't born a great guitar player. He had to invest a million choices into becoming the great guitar player he is. 
Toni Morrison wasn't born a great author. She had to invest a million choices into becoming a good writer. LeBron James wasn't born a great basketball player. He had to invest a million and more choices into becoming great. And I know that each of us can look back on our lives and think something, think of something that we've invested a million choices in. And hopefully unencumbered, not getting in our way with negative choices along the way to make us good, to make us great at something. Well, today is an opportunity to choose something new, to make a million choices for a better you and a better life. And I just want to share with you three strategies today in which to accomplish that. The first is to remember that little things make big things happen. Little things make big things happen. I always remember going out with a friend of mine and his fiance, now his wife, and we went back to his place and they both immediately emptied the change out of their pockets into a jack-o'-lantern. And I was like, what, what is that about? And they say, well, we're saving up for our big European vacation. And I thought, how cool is that? And it applies to choice in the sense that uh, we often think that it's all about the Benjamins, that it's all about the, the big choices that we make. But sometimes the most important things we do in life are all about the nickels and dimes. It's all about the small consistent choices that we make that can sometimes produce the biggest opportunities and the biggest results in our lives. So when approaching what we want to accomplish, don't just choose to be great. Don't just choose to be wonderful at something. Don't just choose to find the right partner in your life. Make all of those little choices that help you to become those things. This little phrase, little things make big things happen, uh, is a quote from John Wooden, who is perhaps uh, the most um, accomplished coach in all sports. He led UCLA basketball men's team to several championships and even undefeated seasons. And a lot of it was uh, because he had the help of players like Bill Walton and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he also had this philosophy. And when new students would come in, they'd often be thinking about, oh, coach is going to talk about getting the, winning the big game, making the big shot, winning the championship. And they were appalled when Wooden would talk at that first practice the whole time about the importance of good footwear, good socks, good shoes, and you have to tie them well. Too many people, he says, when they buy shoes, they buy them a little too big, thinking they'll grow into them. You can't do that as a basketball player. They've got to fit just perfect. You've got to tie your shoes just right. You've got to fold your socks up just in the right way. If you don't, you might fall. You might slip. You mispractice. If you mispractice, I'm going to get a little annoyed. See, for Wooden, the big games didn't matter. It was all about the practice. The lesson, when we practice and take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. The baskets get made. The championships get won. Choose those little things in your life to become the person you more want to be. And watch as success and well-being and love become the natural byproduct of those choices that you make. Point number two to share with you. There is nothing 
you can't accomplish if you are willing to become who you need to be to achieve it. There is nothing you can't accomplish if you are willing to become who you need to be to achieve it. It's an interesting thing to think about what we want in our lives, but then to ask ourselves, am I who I need to be to receive it, to accept it? It's one thing to say I'm ready to meet Mr. Right, but if you're not ready to make the choices to be Miss Right or Mr. Right to meet that person, then they're going to pass you by. It's easy to choose to want to make your world a better place, but if you're not willing to become the person who's called to be a presence for that healing, that uplifting, that equality, then you're going to miss out. We have to remember that sometimes it's not what am I called to do, but who am I called to become that brings forth the greatest opportunities in our lives. I love the story of of Clarence Jones, a great civil rights leader who didn't want to work initially towards civil rights. He had become, in the early 1950s, an attorney, and he lived in Southern California, and he was achieving some great success, and he bought a house with his wife. And one day, uh, a call came on the phone from representatives of Martin Luther King Jr. saying that King would be in Los Angeles uh, soon and would love to meet with Mr. Jones. And Clarence's wife was so excited and set up the house and uh, so great to have uh, Martin Luther King going. He was just building prominence, uh, beginning the Montgomery bus boycott in Alabama. And Dr. King met Mr. Jones and they spoke for a while. And Dr. King uh, asked him to come and join his cause. We needed young black leaders to come and help us create greater justice and bring about greater freedom in Montgomery, Alabama. And Jones, like many of us who might live in a great place in Southern California, being invited to move to Montgomery, Alabama, uh, said, no, no thank you. Uh, I'm doing fine where I am and wish you well. Dr. King thanked him and left. And when Mr. Jones told his wife (laughs) the story, she was furious with him. Uh, But just then the phone rang. And it just happened that it was Dr. King's people again. And they said, Dr. King forgot to invite you both to uh, a a Sunday message he's giving uh, this weekend. And so Clarence's wife said to him, you may not be going to Montgomery, Alabama, but you're going to church this Sunday. And so they went and Jones recalls there were seats saved for them right in the front row. And Dr. King got up that day and he said, the purpose of today's sermon is to talk about the importance of young black leaders doing the work to help free their less fortunate brothers and sisters in the South. And Jones shared that it wasn't what Dr. King talked about that day, but it was his presence. It was who he is that shone so brightly and touched his heart so profoundly that at the end of the service, he went up to Mr. King and said, when would you like me to move to Montgomery, Alabama? And and Jones would become uh, the chief writer for the I Have a Dream speech that King would deliver just a few years later. It's not always what we're called to do. It's who we're called to become. Who are you being called to become more of in your life? A greater presence for peace, 
a greater presence for inspiration, a, a better father, a better mom, a better child, just a better human being. Know that all the opportunities around you, your spirit already knows them. Say yes with the courage to know who you are. I love how Oriah Mountain Dreamer put it. She said, what if the question is not, why am I so infrequently the person I really want to be, but why do I so infrequently want to be the person I really am? We must be who we are and know that there's no more creative power in this universe than saying yes to cultivating your spirit, your own divine qualities, and not shying away from bringing them to life. One last strategy point for us today. And that is, don't wait for your good. Engage with your good. Don't wait for your good. Engage with your good. Whether you know it or not, there is so much good all around you and all within you right now, ready to be cultivated. One of the greatest mistakes in life is to be waiting for something good to happen so you can finally be who you think you ought to be. Don't wait. Don't wait for Mr. Right or Miss Right to show up. Do that work to be Mr. or Miss Right yourself. Don't wait for social change to happen because a politician you want to get elected uh, may get elected. Do your work in consciousness and choose it now. Don't wait for something to happen to make you happy. Choose that happiness now and know that is the greatest creative power in your life to apply your spirit to the choices you make in your everyday life. The rest takes care of itself. That's all we're called to do is to be and become that which we really are and to apply it courageously, tenaciously, and with that deep and profound gratitude that knows we are here for a purpose and for a reason. Sometimes I ask myself, I invite you to ask yourself today as well, what would your last choice be? When you're saying goodbye to this thing called life as you know it, what would be the last choice you'd want to make? your final choice. I think mine would be to let the people I love know I love them. I think my last choice would be to express the immense gratitude for the mystery, the grace, the love, and even some of the pain of it. Whatever that last choice is for you, why not make it today? Why not choose it right now? to let the people you love know you love them, to fearlessly forget other people's judgments and step into being the profound you that you are, to live in the gratitude that you have for the whole of life and your little piece of it today. And I promise you, if you keep making that choice over and over and over again and let it be the key influence in all the choices you make, the big ones, where to move to, what job to take, the little ones, what's breakfast cereal to have in the morning. Choose it from that deep knowing of that final choice within you, which is the choice to become that which you truly are.
So just moving into prayer this morning, I invite you to join me. Simply knowing and affirming right here and right now the presence of a deep spirit and a deep love. The deep longing of life itself impregnated in each one of us to come to life, to come to being, to become through the choices that each of us is called to make, to co-create our lives together with divine spirit. Oh, it is so the truth that life is not something created, but something creative. That each of us are not created beings. We are creative beings. And so the choice is ours right here and right now to co-create together with our maker, with divine love. Let us co-create healing for ourselves and others. Let us co-create prosperity for ourselves and others. Let us co-create forgiveness of the past for ourselves and others. And let us co-create a right now and a future that meets the promise of our hearts, that reflects the deep knowing of our soul, that allows us to embody not what might be in our heart of hearts, but what we are called to become in each area of our lives. May we hold in this prayerful mile-high consciousness we cultivate together anyone who we may seek to have a greater experience of divinity, of healing, of well-being, of prosperity, of harmony. And let us hold our own self-image there as well, knowing that the divine power doesn't need much to get in, just a little opening, just a little bit of yes giving thanks for this healing. I, again, just call to mind the incredible heart of Kathleen Lenover surrounding those who are grieving this morning at the news of her passing, but knowing that each of us who grieves as well holds an immense gratitude for her spirit, her love, and the gift that she was in our lives. Honoring all of those gifts that so many have given each of us, may we use them practice them, and appreciate them. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.